This podcast is part of the GWC Network. For more information on it or to check out some of our other awesome podcasts, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. After the tone, enjoy the show. Welcome to Save Eureka, podcast number four, this one time at Space Camp. Welcome back, everybody. Yeah. Inconceivable. <laughs> nice. I love Wallace Shawn in Eureka. That I is. love the fact that he's back again. Yes. This, that's fantastic. Whole bunch of guest stars in this one and, and, and other characters brought back. This uh, Obviously, we had Aaron Douglas in this episode. Yes. That was funny because I was wondering how they were going to work him in. And you've already got um, Bear McCreary doing the music. And it feels like there are other Battlestar connections. Am I missing them? Wasn't the guy who played uh, Joe's dad, wasn't he a uh, Husker in the webisodes? Oh, that's a good oh, question. Oh, I can't remember. It sure looked like him if it wasn't. Yeah, I might be and wrong. Remember, the original Andy was the LSO officer. Of, yes, uh, that's right. That's right. Of BSG. So there, there's, there's a lot of tie-ins there. Which I guess shouldn't be surprising when we think about it. I mean, there's going to be a lot of crossover, right? When we saw the uh, the kids at the space camp with Aaron Douglas, I was thinking that had to have been really fun because Aaron Douglas is like a fun guy. You know, just in real life, he's like this real energetic person. I can imagine him just being a blast with a bunch of kids and having them all play these uh, 1990 versions of kids you know <laughs> who, who else hair. called that it was gonna be will wheaton was yes. uh Margo's <laughs> childhood <did>. antagonist <laughs> i did what are the chances hey, go figure <laughs> you that just was knew awesome. it had to be totally had it would have be. been cool if they put him in like the wesley sweater <laughs> <laughs> See, or that, or that awesome. red yellow one that he's got a picture of himself wearing <laughs> You know, it seems to me that uh, the later episodes, like the most recent episodes of Eureka, are have become a lot more, um, like, just comedically dense, you know? like Right, they're just throwing stuff in there, yeah. you know, like puffed marshmallow man. And yeah, the, and the... Are you expecting the Spanish Inquisition? Well, nobody ever expects the Spanish Inquisition. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and the, um, you know, uh, Ming-Na, uh, what's her name, Senator... What's her name? Lynn? Uh, when? 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 That's what it is. Yeah. yeah and she's uh, she's asking Fargo about uh, with Holly. Wormholing Dr. Martin. <laughs> yeah. He's like, we just kissed. That's all. <laughs> and the look on her face. It's like, oh, my God. It, it feels like it's being tailor made for us. It is. I mean, with, with the whole Will Wheaton, Will Wheaton going, oh, she told me she wasn't into role play. <laughs> That was hilarious. There's just so much out of this episode that's quotable. You guys, hey, you guys play D and D together? By the way, you were so you're 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 pretty much right with that. It was Nico Cortez who is yeah. the guy who is going to play Husker in Blood and Chrome. Ah, there's the connection. Yeah, but wasn't he? He wasn't in the webisodes then. I don't know, but I know. That I'm not he's, sure if that was a different a- actor. I'm pretty sure okay. it was a different guy. Okay. All right, well that's cool. Still, yeah, I there's knew. the connection. That that's fantastic. I think it's funny too. I mean, just in a totally different way. Like Erica Chera, who is beautiful, um, but she's uh, it's funny. She, she's Italian, 
and in TV shows like this, they always kind of like intersperse, like they'll just mix up like Spanish and Italian and like Latin of any sort. It was, uh, it was like when we watched, um, the second, was it Prince Caspian? Right. Remember? And the Telmarins and the Telmarins are supposed to be like, um, I'm trying to remember. I think they were supposed to be Spanish. And all the actors playing them were like Italian and Greek <laughs> and, you know, like, you know, Brazilian. And it was just so funny. I mean, like, no one will know the difference. They're kind of swarthy with dark eyes, you know, <laughs> it's good enough. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. It's, it's TV ethnicity. Exactly. It's like Olive Garden ethnicity. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. I did like, though, how we got a little bit more Joe backstory, which we were talking yes. about last time that, you know, you only get little bits and pieces. And this is this seemed like a pretty decent chunk that we that we got there, just kind of showing the fact that we, you know, I had always figured that, yeah, she probably, you know, was around a lot of, you know, boys as a kid. And, yeah, you know, I looked at Chuck and I was like, male centric. I was like, she totally, you know, that like, just like her to have had all brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I don't even know if she ever said that before, but I felt like you I knew it. just assumed it. it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. The minute we saw Aaron Douglas at the at the camp, you were just like he would make the greatest camp counselor ever. I I've totally. been I've been a camp counselor and uh and he would make a great He reminds me of the people who are camp counselors with this, me, this you know. This one time at Space Camp. I it's can't true. believe that they got that in there. That is awesome. Yes. <laughs> And the fact that it's Felicia Day saying it too. It's Yeah, yeah it is. That yeah. Yeah. That was a squee moment. <laughs> but there's something like see, when you're a camp counselor, you don't get paid much, right? You get uh, paid? Yeah. Of course you do. Not much. <laughs> I mean <laughs> Pretty, I know, I know you get paid. I just your stories. Um, uh, it, it's it's that small. Yeah, it is. Really have to. Yeah. It's a pittance. really you get. It's an important it really, pittance, though. Is it really classified as paid? Yeah. yeah, when you have to like, you know, your entire wardrobe is made up of t-shirts stolen from the gift shop, and <laughs> yeah. three meals a day stolen from the cafeteria. Not stolen, but but yeah, yeah. That you get Liberate. the idea. Yeah. So <laughs> so the, the trick is though. Um, you have to have this kind of glee at doing the thing that you're doing, you know, otherwise you couldn't possibly stomach it. Right. And, and it makes for a kind of odd people that you work with. They're, they're really into different things. They're fun and, uh, and perpetually broke. Now I understand that's not exactly his character, but he would have fit in with that because he just has that glee you know what i mean he he has that yeah. kind of inner i don't care how crappy things are around me it's inner did you notice to his business card it said nasa and then it had his name on it and his title was chief engineer oh was it yeah. oh, oh that's cool. awesome that's awesome you know, it would have been funny, too, to have somebody like the guy from Role Models, that red-haired guy, who's like, <laughs> you know, super dorky, but then at the end, like in the unrated version, he's all... <laughs> <laughs> like hidden on Jane Lynch and everything with her bagel dog. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I totally bought like? Aaron Douglas as, as, the, uh, as the, the space camp guy. And yeah. That, that was, I mean, well, if the, you uh, have to bring him in for a short role like that, and that, that's just like the perfect one. What was it? It was like Galaxy Camp, which was shut down for safety violations. <laughs> so I went yeah. to Space Camp instead. Yeah. 
I thought the casting was great. Like that little kid who played little Fargo looked like he could feasibly grow up before your eyes and become. Yes. Oh, he, he, he is so a little Douglas Fargo. <laughs> And and the kid that played that played little Doctor Parrish, what didn't look at all like him, but sounded did a great yeah. impression. Yeah, acted just like yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the minute he started talking, you were like, "Oh man, that's that's young Parrish," <laughs> and that's I awesome. love Parrish on the uh, recumbent bike, <laughs> like in, the, in the tights. You know. <laughs> I got to say this, you know, uh, I, I think Will Wheaton is a hell of a sport playing a dick like every time somebody asks him to do that, which seems to be every time now. I'm pretty sure he likes it. Yeah. What, dick? I mean, he's got to just get a kick out of being a dick. Yeah. I think that at some point, somebody needs to give Will Wheaton a role where he plays somebody other than a dick. It's just wrong. I mean, it's just wrong. The guy who is essentially his motto is don't be a dick. They have him playing a dick everywhere well and he well, does a how, great job how better to spread your word it's like you know <laughs> see my roles don't be like me don't be like me in character <laughs> jesus ever. did that jesus went around and was just addicted to people everywhere and they <laughs> he was like don't do this <laughs> thou shalt not act like me <laughs> you know that reminds me or something of, like that I, I love that every time on on top gear i'm sorry to bring that up here i know but it's bad enough that i brought it on all the podcasts but i love i love the bit where uh where clarkson identifies somebody in the audience with long hair as jesus and then, <laughs> and then proceeds to ask the person questions about cars and so on you know getting the the son of god's opinion of the car it's great yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, the um, so is Clarkson of the generation where if your hair touches your collar, it's long. No, he's just weird. <laughs> 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 no, actually, he's of the generation that it should be long, but it's not because I don't know. I whenever I, I see him, I think of that line from Red Dwarf: "I have hair like that, just not on my head." <laughs> I have got hair like yours. Just not my I feel sorry for James May sometimes because his hair, like he's always trying to pull off that kind of like old, like seventies McCartney, but he ends up just kind of looking like an old lesbian. You know. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to get us on the Top Gear thing. It's bad. It's bad. It's true though. This episode was chock full of of. What I guess what you call plot movers, things that are moving along the overall over, overall story arc, you know, like like the minute they pull out the memory thing, you're like, oh crap, we are now going to see the. That uh, was a total bluff, though. Yeah, but they did it in such an entertaining way that I just oh, loved it. Was it. Great. I mean, come on, Wally Shaw becomes Carter, you know. Has to, uh, oh, when he like was just you know crying over allison it just made me want to cry it was so sad yeah but the, the best then, but the other range is like when vincent is like um why is he talking like you <laughs> long story the best part though is when he's like he's like crying over allison he flings and, his arms around carter's yeah, waist yeah, yeah and henry's standing there and he's like shut up <laughs> <laughs> it's like that episode of house where that guy has uh, got the brain damage that he's m mirroring everybody. Oh, yeah. Oh, so that's awesome. Oh, that was, yeah. I'm not like that. Yeah, you are, man. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was awesome. It's so true. It was just really fun. And anybody else but Henry, it would have been, like, really embarrassing. And as it is, it was kind of embarrassing for him. Because of anybody you'd want to have that kind of thing exposed to, it would be Henry. 
you know? He yeah, would, if he you're going to be, like, like a total, you know, fool. Or he has fool that or awesome smug look that kind of like, <laughs> it's funny, but I'm not going to give you crap about it. Henry's it's, a good friend. He is. I, I, I love that that type of Eureka storyline is is the facilitator of the way that they get rid of the conventional storyline that was set up in the previous episode. Because, you know, like in the, in the, in a typical drama, it's like, Oh, you guys can't be together. It's like, Oh, so we'll have our love in secret and it'll culminate at the end of the series with something, you know, being exposed. And then they're like, no, nah, he just kind of forgot everything. Yeah. And he still loves it is usually guys. how, uh, <laughs> Love culminates. But I, I love how in Eureka, nothing has ever been predictable. And every time you think it's going to go that way, just because. That's, yeah, that's what I thought. It's like, oh, they're going to have to drag this out. And it's like, nope, he shows up the next episode and gets his brain. I fried. love at the end. He's like, I get you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to miss you. And they're like, you know, hugging it Call out. Me. <laughs> <Call me. laughs> oh, that's we just so cool. fried neurons in his brain. And you want to go out for pizza? No. I, I want to go out for Chinese. <laughs> I was trying to figure out at the end there if uh, if Allison and Grace like made a mistake and that's why the emotional memory no, lingered or, or if they kind of... What I took away from it was that they did their best. It was an experimental procedure and, and they removed the section that held the memory, but she said Allison that... Allison called it a declarative memory? I don't know what she said, but the emotional memory or whatever was is in a different part and that like they hadn't yeah. thought of that, you know? So he well, kept I'm, the I'm emotional memory, they but were, they didn't... They, were, they had even set that up earlier in the episode saying that, you know, um, your memories are going to start overrunning his. So, you know... All all of those emotions right, during the car chase and right. stuff like that, those are the most strong ones. So it would make sense that those are the ones to stay. It's like, so. who could split you two up? You're perfect for each other. <laughs> you guys. <laughs> <laughs> There's something about the uh, the acting in these later episodes where I feel like everybody's just really, really enjoying themselves a lot. And it feels very natural and, and almost... Oh, yeah. You see that everywhere. Like um, the kind of, you know, just kind of very, very, very friendly attitude between Carter and Henry, which has always been there, but they're just so casual about it. At this yeah, point. you just you get the feeling that like everybody on the show just like knows and loves each other. And it's well, really cool. From what you guys have done with the interviews, I'm pretty sure that that is the case. Yeah. Yeah. And what they said at Comic-Con, too. I mean, they were talking about just a, a really tight knit community and. Um, was that the show? I think it was the one where um, they said, you know, everyone, they have the no douchebag. No, that was on Warehouse 13 where they said no douchebags. But, yeah, but they were right. kind of making the comparison with both of those shows that there's this kind of uh, way of being on set where people are just, you know, very welcoming, very warm. It comes across. Oh, definitely. It's nice to feel a part of that just watching. No, totally, totally. I was just thinking that, you know, a number of the actors have said, uh, like at Comic-Con, at the various panels uh, that we've seen them at at Comic-Con, they've mentioned that, uh, you know, that, uh, and I forget his name, it's so horrible, that plays Henry. It, uh, Joe Morton. Oh, right, Joe Morton. Yes. Yeah. That Joe Morton is like the the longest, exper most experienced actor of the bunch, yeah, you know, and yeah. that they all had been like when they started, especially they were all like, wow, holy crap, you know, and yeah. and it's kind of funny because you think, why would they put him, you know, or why why would you cast for that role, except maybe that he looks the part or what they wanted? Why would you cast that particular role? 
as your most experienced actor. And it's funny because I don't know if it's that they had this in mind or He's like if a stabilizing force him being there has, <laughs> has caused it. But either way, uh, I think that this show couldn't be nearly as strong as it is without an extremely powerful actor in the role of Henry. Because Henry has helped, you know, the the character of Henry has helped build all the other characters significantly and, and could not have done so without a strong actor in that role because of the incredibly difficult. I mean, hell, well, I, it's, it's a very complex character. Yeah, um, I can't even remember it. I mean, I don't know how he remembers it all. I'm sure there's stuff we've forgotten. I mean, <laughs> yeah, but, but, I think that he's as uh, essential kind of if you were to web you know, everybody who's connected like to diagram. Henry. Yeah, yeah. And kind of like, you know, circle it in and draw connections to the people he's profoundly influenced. He's as important as Jack. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, he he would be one of the major hubs of the uh, of the whole town of Eureka. And in terms of the cast, uh, in, in terms of the, all the uh, relationships that they have to uh, project, it's 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 a great character. And I love that Joe Morton is is doing such a great job at it. Like I said, that look on his face when he sees, uh, when, you know, when he sees, uh, uh, you know, Warren, yeah, Warren, like balling and and holding on to Carter, and he's just like uh, that look is is I I just don't think anybody else could do that, you know, could could get yeah. that across. That yeah, it, it, it's a it's a level of nuance that if you're playing a character uh, one dimensionally, you're not gonna project, and he he just does it so fantastically. Wallace Shawn did make an appearance in Stargate, by the way. I can't remember okay, which episode. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I, I'll I have don't to remember look, where but, exactly, but... But, I, yeah, I just... I knew he did. I, he's He's been in, like... Uh, he, he's been in everything. I mean, he's been in every damn thing. Yeah, I don't know which episode it is. I'll have to... Somebody look it up and stick it in the <laughs> in the forum. But, man, I mean, that guy's been in everything. You know, there are so many strong characters in the show. I can't complain at all. Uh, but I was thinking... I, I would like to see some other dimension of grace because grace is so perfect. Sorry. You know who he plays? He plays the one that gets the uh, bracelets off of, uh, uh, Vala and, um, Oh yeah. Oh, you're so right. And uh, I'm not sure. I can't remember if he did get them off or if he's just a con man guy, but he was uh, like, Arlen, Arlos, Arlos, Arlos. something like that. You're thinking of Orlin, who was the guy who appeared to Carter, like the, the ghost, Dude, or well, anyway. Carlos <laughs> <laughs> That's his name, and I don't know how to pronounce it. <laughs> there you go. But uh, but I would like to see some other aspect of Grace's personality because she's just so freaking perfect. I mean, I love her, but she's like smart and beautiful, and she never gets angry, and she's you know infinitely patient. And I just want to see Grace like lose it, just be like. God, what is wrong with you to just brah, lose well, it and just kind of throw her Eureka. box of tools around or or, or just something, you know? Like, just something I, I, I think the thing is, though, is that her character is always going to uh, suffer from the so much to tell in an hour. Yeah, yeah. Thing. I mean, there's so... We, we, I mean, we've said this every single episode. There's so much going on in this show that you just cannot get all of the, the, the details. And it's some of it you're just gonna have to kind of make up in your head and just imagine that they're uh, that they're um, a lot deeper than what's being presented in the 45 minutes that we get to see. Yeah. I thought that uh, the uh, the whole Zane and Joe thing was played out well, even though Zane was wearing a shirt this time. 
Now you got to admit. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Less chest, but more depth. <laughs> you got to admit, I, it, it seemed to be, I thought it was cool that, that uh, she was keeping him there. Then he could leave, but wanted her to tell him to stay and she wouldn't tell him to stay. And then she overcomes this by having him sent to Titan, essentially. By, you know, sacrificing herself to get him to Titan, meaning that she made him go. It's very Joe. You know, she solved the problem of of this, do I stay or do I go, by making him go in a way that makes him stay with her, you know? That's, that's very Joe. She's in charge. Joe is not good when other people are in charge. Joe wants yeah, to be in but charge. I think, I think the scene is kind of used to also being in charge, so... I'm I'm not sure if the uh, inst- unstoppable forces uh, moved the immovable object yet. So maybe I don't know. It, it's funny how it keeps bouncing back and forth. Is like neither one of them are really telling each other what they're thinking. And if they did, then you know they might actually have to open up to each other and accept that they both want to be with each other, and they're not quite getting there. They are. <laughs> well, they're certainly taking the they're, long they're getting there. way around. Well, I mean, they're, I the they're like hooking they up, you know? Yeah, it's it's kind of funny well, in a way, but... Yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought it was a very unique solution that was very Joe. You know, she found a way to move things forward without actually confronting anything, which is which is what you would... Everything I've come to expect. From years of Joe. <laughs> After she, a few months, you'll get used to it, or you'll have a psychotic episode. <laughs> yeah. Nice. No, I was thinking that she's really kind of uh, refined and, and chilled out and, you know, a lot mellowed over those seasons. Because in the beginning, Joe was really, like, kind of, like, had a chip on her shoulder and was just really... Unstable. Uh, unstable yeah. and... and unapproachable kind of and like nobody could really talk to her and she always had something to prove you know and uh you know she's still like fiery and tough and you know she's kind of got attitude and stuff but she's a lot more grown up i think it's you know you'll remember audra when we were watching um earlier seasons i i had always said that i like joe but i i was afraid of her and i didn't trust her like and by that, yeah, I mean, yeah. not like... I never quite agreed, but I knew what you meant. Didn't well, trust her? Yeah, well, the thing about her was that she always had, for, for the first three seasons especially, especially the first two, she always had issues that would lead her to do things that would screw everyone. He thought that she was too volatile. Like, she couldn't be trusted to make a prudent decision and that she might do something stupid without meaning to, but that she was just too unstable. Yeah. And not that she would purposefully screw you over. She wouldn't, she would just do something that she thought she had to do that ended up being very dangerous and, and destructive for everyone. And, and they, they really played her that way. And in hindsight, I think it was just more that they weren't doing that on purpose rather that, you know, the system, you know, to make everything work out, her character had to move in that direction, you know, and and it just didn't really expose the character very fully until until the whole time travel thing. And that put her in the group with everyone else. And all of a sudden we have a bond and now she acts in a very predictable fashion and has ever since. You know, I think that I don't feel that way in anymore. a good way, like in yes. a, um, a kind of there's a continuity with her character that 
She doesn't make those kind of wacky decisions that she did before based on internal drives that didn't work out, you know? Well, I, I think, I think the, other, um, the other thing that we gain as well from the viewer's perspective is we get more of, uh, of the idea of what's going on in her, in her head. So uh, e- even if she, uh, basically we can understand her a little bit more, which also helps us to predict maybe what she's going to do next. That could be, yeah. Maybe we change from just knowing her better. Maybe I'm, maybe I know her better, so I'm more trusting. Well, I, I, yeah, I think you learn more about Joe in po- post timeline change than you know in the entire three and a half seasons before. Yeah, because before that, she was uh, not a very round character. She just kind of, you know, she had a couple of tricks that she would always do, and then she was sort of portrayed always that same way. Like back when she was climbing around the tunnels with Taggart and stuff like that, you know, she was just well, remember, polishing her guns. Initially, and, she starts out as sidekick, right? Yeah. To Carter. So it's, it's, it's been growth ever since that. And, you know, at, at, at this point, she's, she's definitely one of the main characters. Yeah, it's cool. It makes you uh, makes you wonder, like shows with such big ensembles like this, where everybody grows and grows and grows and becomes more important all the time. Um, it's got to be really hard to write for shows that have reached that point, like you know Amy Berg is doing, because I don't know. I mean, I've I've tried some creative writing before, and I'm not really good at it. But but one thing I know is that. As things develop, you know, you feel like you have to keep propelling the situation and developing the characters. And and there are all these traps that are so easy to fall in that just kind of put you in loops or, you know, everyone. Right, kinda, well, I mean, also typically in a normal show that you run into the baggage problem right? where you have done that so many times that you wind up with all of this backstory that really winds up choking the show. Right. I right, mean, right. because there's so much to, to have to keep track of and, and integrate into all the characters. And that's the unique thing about this show is that we could go, ah, reset, new timeline, and throw it all out the window and yeah, that was know, start awesome. off with a different core group of characters and go from there. So, And the other, I mean, the other show I would bring in on that is Chuck. I feel like they've done such a great Chuck job. Do, of- yeah, Chuck does it really great. If you yeah. haven't watched Chuck... I mean, if you have the means, I highly recommend it. Uh, it is it is definitely worth uh, catching, and they do the same thing. Is that every season they're winding, uh, they're mixing it up and uh, introducing something new. Yeah, and that's why I think Eureka is such a, kind of a a praiseworthy show in just another way because they keep reinventing. Um, you know, and I think that uh, Battlestar, which is like one of the great kind of Battlestar, is like a modern sci-fi classic, really. Um, but, but one of the troubles that it struggled with, I think was that sort of layering on, like there was just so much thickening of everything just all over everybody. Eventually everything has to be so serious yeah, that it every, kind of chokes the show out a little bit. Yeah. And everybody had been good and everybody had been evil and everybody had gone crazy and everybody had come back and, you know, and it's just sort of like, ugh, you know, and it's, it kind of like gets bogged down and you need an escape from it and, um, and Eureka has been one of the shows that's been able to lighten that load and just keep kind of rolling. You know, a good example of that is the whole Astraeus thing. Like, you know, it's cool. And, and there are places for shows like BSG or like Lost where you have a big overarching thing. And that is the, the, the you know, the, the P 
piece that ties all that it really ties the room together you know that ties all <laughs> of the various episodes together and and eureka in eureka they'll choose things like the astraeus mission to help kind of give it some direction like that yet at the same time that isn't really the important thing it's not like the whole time is are they going to find earth or is you know what is starbuck or things like that you know that once you know those things it's over you know it's and, funny the it, it's funny the fact that eureka has been able to have the you know mankind's first you know self in, in invented extraterrestrial or extra uh, you know we're going to a different planet be the minor storyline <laughs> i think yeah. that's classic eureka the <laughs> trick with eureka well, is that yeah. in fact you have to it's one of the things that I, I think some people bitch about about the show, and I could see it, though I, I don't really have a problem with it. It's funny because I'm normally one of the people oh, that, that would totally have a problem. the science stuff takes a backseat to well, the... Well, no, it's that the science stuff is completely off the wall and wacko. It's oh, yeah. it's just, I mean, you have to just literally turn that off because That's if you thought about any show. of it... No, 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 yeah. I mean, but if you thought about any of it, it makes no sense. It's like, it's like just completely gibberish, you know? You know... Yeah. Wibbly wobbly, timey wimey. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> Actually, I was just thinking. Uh, in, in uh, I'm taking a class on viral media, and in, in in one of the things that we actually we saw was the you know the the uh, Hitler reacts to things video. <laughs> yes, it's from it's from oh, that movie I... Downfall, and it's this scene where where it's this really critical scene where uh, where they they come in and they tell Hitler about the war going so badly and and that they can't oh, keep the yes, Russians out. That's and, right. And he just completely flips out, and sends they, everybody out of the room, and flips the, yeah, out, the, and then they just says, change the subtitles, it, right? And then yeah, he they says, change it so it's like Hitler. Your your YouTube video is getting all dislikes, and he's like, "Oh my God, why don't people like my videos?" <laughs> Yeah, actually, what they do is they uh, uh, they they bring in different things. Like the one we saw was where he his Xbox Live account gets banned. Yes, and he's yeah. screaming about you know it's great because there are all these little end things and they've timed it very carefully uh, with so that the German they have subtitles that essentially make it all into about the Xbox right. <laughs> And uh, it's great. And but 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 the reason I bring this up is one of the limits on it is that you have to not speak German, you know, because if you speak German, it's not fun anymore because, you know, what he's be. saying. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't help but understand. Right. Because you're still hearing about the downfall of uh, this horrible the Second World War. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this awful it's like thing. this isn't fun at all. <laughs> no, it's not funny in the least, you know. And and uh, I guess in a way, and I know this is a real odd way to tie this together, but it's kind of like that with Eureka. If you think too much about the sciencey stuff, it it just it it just will suck the enjoyment out of it. So you have to almost it has to be like that, where the German sounds like blah 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 to you, and then you know the the stuff that somebody laid on it, the 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 viral payload of the media, you know, is the part that you get. You have to you have to approach Eureka that way to enjoy it. You have to just the science stuff is like blah 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 cool science stuff here yeah yeah and as tech long as, here yeah. tech 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 right 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 and as long as you think about it that way it's cool if you try to think about it like like trek or like other thing you know especially trek where where it is fake and and made up but it has a basis in reality and you can think about it like that you it know, won't work for you you know what's really interesting and this kind of it, it's like a little bit off topic but it reminds me there's like a thread attaching them 
Um, I heard this cool interview on NPR like a couple of months ago, and they were talking to this woman who wrote a book about, um, and, and I think it was like her doctoral thesis that turned into a book, and it was this study about what causes pet peeves and annoyance. Like, huh. like what exactly happens in our brain when we get annoyed and, and why do we get annoyed at things? Maybe and, they could uh, fix that for me because I have, real, <laughs> I have a real problem for that or with that. And, and I think yeah, I got uh, a real problem with that. Yeah. If they could, uh, if they could repair that, I'd probably be significantly less of an ass. <laughs> uh, you know what I have an issue with people putting together lists like that. Yeah. <laughs> Bastards. <laughs> Let's go get them. I have no? an issue with yeah. people who have issues with food. <laughs> but uh, one of the things that, that she was saying um, and kind of like, you know, trying to put it in like general terms was that uh, people get annoyed when our expectations are um, kind of messed with. Like for example, um, Oh, I know what you're saying. Like if, if somebody's tapping a rhythm or something, we're more likely to get annoyed if they miss a beat or, <laughs> or do something different or, or break our expectations. Yeah. Break our <laughs> expectations. And I'm trying to remember, she explained it really well and I, I don't uh. remember, but, but it was kind of like, um, we get annoyed when we're, uh, in the grocery store and somebody's talking on the phone because we can only hear one half of the conversation. And while we may think, I don't want to hear any of this conversation, there's a part of our brain that's listening and trying to fill in the gaps and we can't. And that part of our brain is what makes us and annoyed. Dissatisfaction. Yeah, the dissatisfaction trans- of not knowing awesome. what the other part of the puzzle oh, is. I could totally see that. You know what? And 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 this plays right into. I'm sure this is where you were going, right? Yeah. This plays right into the idea of of a lot of the hate that you get right after something comes out, especially in the geek community, comes from the fact that because so many of us are experienced with so many different kinds of me uh, of of uh, sci-fi fantasy comic media and the fact that we've almost all read everything about it coming up and and have begun to form strong expectations of what we see yeah we know that the explanation for the Astraeus thing can't work because we've seen it you know a dozen times in other things and you know we start trying to fill in the puzzle and, and complete it and we're like, no, you can't leave that gap there, you know, or you can't, you can't misdirect it. do not work that way. <laughs> I'll destroy it you. It doesn't require any fuel. You're like, wow. Really? Because that doesn't make any sense at all. But, but it, I don't care. It made me know? think of it when you're talking about, uh, what were you saying about like, like oh, you, you can't, you can't speak German. And it made me think of um, when I was in college and I went to Europe, um, one of the things that happened was like, um, you get really used to being the only person speaking English around you. And you know how like in the States, this will happen. You'll, you'll find somebody, you'll find like a, a Vietnamese couple or something and they'll be like, ah! you know, and it like, could be anything because you can't understand. Yeah, you it, can't right? understand it. And right. you're like, why are you talking so loud? You know? And, uh, it's not a cultural thing, but you get used to being the only one speaking your language and you feel like there's this kind of privacy when there's not, you know, but you feel like there's this kind of privacy in public because no one can understand you presumably. And, uh, and you start to, I remember just tuning out the Italian and you just start to, you know, uh-huh. everyone's speaking Italian around you. So when somebody speaks English, your ears like, bling, and it just hears it, you know, in a room, uh, even a crowded room. So I think it's the same way, you know, like with the sciencey stuff, you know, you, you're used to thinking about things you understand a certain way. And then they all start kind of flipping it on its head and, 
Yeah, and I think telling it, you to it, accept it. It ties into an even greater thing when it a greater concept of like I'm always surprised, and I shouldn't be because I I was very much this way, maybe more so than most people. But I'm always surprised the minute something comes out, you always get the person that says first there are the people who are like I just hate it, and then there are the people who are like. Well, I like it, but this one thing, this is just stupid. I just, it makes no sense. You know, I don't understand. And I'm always shocked because so often the thing that they hate, I just, it just didn't even register for me as, as, as an issue. And I'd be willing to bet that, that, you know, if I felt like that, it would be the same to them, you know? And I think it makes sense to me now thinking about it in terms of what you just said, that you set these expectations and they can be pretty damn random. You know, compare, you know, when you compare them, I guess they could, there could be a lot of variance in what those expectations might entail. Like for one person, they might expect thinking about Eureka that the science will make sense. So if a particular piece of science doesn't make sense, that's going to stick out for them. And they're going to be online the next day saying this was crap because there is a, uh, there is a blog post somewhere saying all of the critical things about this episode in relation to the science of the Astraeus project. Right. It's, I mean, it's just a, it's just a guarantee at this point. It's somebody out there has had that problem. And for me, I mean, I love sciencey stuff in sci-fi, you know, like it's fun. I mean, that's one of the reasons I was always a big Trek fan when I was a kid, because it was always sort of just pseudo plausible enough to make you think about it and have fun. It's why so many scientists yeah. love Trek, right? I, so I've noticed that wind up creating Trek inventions like, oh, I don't know, the cell phone. Isn't yeah. that awesome? I was just thinking about that the other day. And I was thinking, you know, it's funny how there are some fields or some careers where um, the people who do like the, the fantasy version of it on TV are completely disconnected from the people who do it professionally. You know, like there's almost animosity in some careers. I can't think of any, but I know that they're there. <laughs> and uh, And yet in science, like, on Big Bang Theory, you know, these guys love Star Trek and, you know, the time machine and all this stuff that they, you know, and they're physicists and they love that stuff, even if it can't be explained or or is not likely, you know. And it's so true. I, I still have this memory of uh, uh, when I when I was uh, I had my press pass for STS 43 and and the pass allowed me to take tours. So during the week, I would go out when I was off and take all the various press tours of facilities. And I was doing a, nice. a vehicle assembly building tour uh, with with the press group. And uh, we get on the little bus to take us there. And and as we're riding along, everybody there's this one kind of short, sort of sort of fat kind of guy with a big beard. And he was uh, and everybody was sort of like. Uh, you know, talking to him on and off, and he seemed to be important to everybody. And I could, I never could figure out quite why, you know, until we're about three quarters of the way there. And somebody asked me why I wasn't talking to the guy. And I'm like, I have no idea who he is, you know. And then everybody's like, oh, yeah, didn't you hear this is so and so? He's this scientist of some sort, you know. And, and he, he wrote this Star Trek episode. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Because oh. <laughs> you remember, they used to accept uh, unsolicited scripts for Star Trek. Which, right. which was unusual, and they would go through, and every so often they would actually pull one of them and work it over and use it, and and his was one of them, and 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 did they pay people if they did that, or or it was I don't just kind know. of the... I, I have no idea. I'm guessing they probably did, but um, 
but it's just fascinating to me. I mean, you got to understand the reverence that these other guys held this guy in because That's cool. because they they just they were they were all various kinds of scientists, but they were for them the big deal wasn't being signed. Everybody there except me, I guess, was like that. But they uh, the difference was one of them had 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 a, a Trek episode, you know, made. That's awesome. <laughs> that was a, he was like the norm of his bar, you know. <laughs> he was awesome. I mean, and it was a cool thing, and and you could kind of see how how much everybody loved it. But for me, like Eureka is all about people. I mean, I love Eureka because I love the way they have this, these relationships that are not. It's like a big family, but like any family, a real family, it's not always happy, and the relationships aren't always positive, but they are strong and they are beneficial. You know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm sorry. I was I was just thinking about the chemical thing, you know, with Jack getting stuck in <laughs> well, there and getting so the, the chemical burn. Oh, the chemical bath. <laughs> and I have to admit that the uh, the physical humor with Jack is you know, awesome. It never gets old. For it never me. does. Yeah, I know right. it's juvenile, but. I just love it. And anybody's a pro at it though. Oh, no. (laughs) No. Anybody who points at that and says it's juvenile or anything like that did did not spend the seventies, you know, watching Chevy Chase on Saturday Night Live (laughs) playing Gerald Ford, you know? Tripping and falling off a, a, a presidential podium, and it was freaking funny every damn time, you know. Well, wasn't it because Ford tripped like once, right? Coming off of a plane, and he was, yeah, and, and, and it was caught on camera, and then everyone he and, became yeah. like the biggest klutz. And then Chevy Chase the kind of made a career out of it, it was awesome. Actually, that's that's I, I had no idea about that, but I the only reason I had any clue is that that, that 70s show also did that. <laughs> They had him on once, and you know, it's like he gets to tries to go up to the podium and he trips and falls over, getting on the stage. Then <laughs> he gets up to the podium and he goes to stand on the podium, he trips and falls over again, and they're all like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, that's pretty much it. that was his routine on Saturday Night Live. He did it for years, and it was funny for years. So, <laughs> don't awesome. tell me physical humor isn't isn't you know isn't funny. It is. I was kind of hoping when uh, Warren jumped in Jack's Jeep and like sped off and he's like, I trust myself. I trust myself. <laughs> I was like, he's going to wreck the Jeep or something you know, yeah, without yeah. getting hurt, but he's going to like destroy the Jeep again. At first I had this just momentary thought. I'm like, oh my God, he's going to drive off into the cliff and that's, you know, off the cliff and that's going to prevent them from being caught. Then I'm like, that is so not Eureka. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, can't. I mean, the sign said like Curie Canyon and I thought it would have been funny if oh, it was yeah. like Warren Ravine and then you see the sign change. Or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is wow. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I love how those places just—they always, you know, Eureka is is a fantasy place. So essentially, it doesn't exist until it's needed in an episode, and then and then Eureka is magically bigger, you know. And it always cracks me up to see that happen. Like so th- some new part will be mentioned or will be critical in the episode so we get to see it you know and and eureka gets bigger yeah like that episode where the guy was uh what was it i'm trying to remember like he had the all those crops or whatever and he got mad because um well anyway you, you, we've, well, yeah. we've seen all these like you know areas of town that just show up like once well, even and, in the last episode the botanical yeah Yard, whatever it's like yeah i had not seen that before i don't think no it just and there it is you know 
It's like, oh, yeah, over at the motel. I know where that is. And Carter goes rushing off. (laughs) (laughs) I love that, though. Because it it leaves you wondering what the rest of Eureka is like, you know? Yeah, it's it's hard to get an idea of how how wide of a range their uh, their research project is here. <laughs> we're we're growing trees and we're going to Titan. So there you go. Has, yep. any, has anyone else noticed there are no old people in Eureka? Yeah, those guys. There were four of them at the beginning. They were they were old. With those quadruplets. Or? Yeah, <laughs> the two twins. Oh, the two sets of twins. They were old. But I'm like, we, we've well, seen kids and we've seen the school and we've seen the people at GD and stuff, but we've never seen like anyone else. I'm going to guess that once they retire, their um, privileges are revoked redacted. and they probably have to leave. Their brains are wiped. They're redacted. You can't grow old. <laughs> it's like men yeah, in they, black. They, they take some reset. To, they retire you to the post office. <laughs> yeah, I could totally, I could totally see that. You know, I still think that falls. Oh, no, in- sorry. It's it, uh, sorry. I was trying to make a tortured reference is retcon. Is a pill that they give to the people that they oh. don't want to know about ret- about Torchwood, and that's it like erases a- their last forty eight hours. Awesome! That's that's funny. I love that they call it retcon. <laughs> that is cool. Well, yeah, because that was a Captain Jack joke once. Before that, really? But, yeah, I'm pretty sure that when he introduces himself in one of the early episodes, the uh, Doctor Who episodes that he shows up in, he he. He says, yeah, it's me, this, 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 and a little bit of retcon. Yeah, that's right. That's oh, right. I remember right. that. And I didn't understand it. I remember him saying that. I thought it was funny at the time. It was a little one-off, and it's probably one of those things that somebody's like, you know what would be hilarious? Nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I love it when they do that. In any episode, when they're like, in any series, when they're like, you know what would be funny? And they pull that kind of stuff. Oh, and- yeah. Like in the uh, Eureka episode where they utilize the everything's floating <laughs> yeah, and they're like you know we could take the beginning credits and link it back. <laughs> yeah. I was like, no way. That was an awesome moment. I, I had a squee moment when that. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, it's the credits. <laughs> they know how to make a squee. Yeah, boy, we're getting along in in in. But we got two episodes left in the season. Wow, really? Is that I it? Think, I think so. Yeah. Wow. Is it two or is it four? I'm going to look that up right now. Awesome. <laughs> the um, well, remember we've got we're in what season th- four? We're in season four. Second half of season oh, four. Right? Four point oh, five. Okay. Okay. Oh no, we're in four point five. Technically, okay. they didn't really do it that way, but it is four point five because we had a break in the okay, middle of right. four, and now we're so back for this, the end of yeah, four. Yeah, this one time at Space Camp is episode eighteen, so we've got episodes nineteen and. 20. 20, which are called One Small Step and One Giant Leap, which are oh, cool. obviously September 12th and September 19th. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, so actually it looks like we've got a little bit of a break here. Really? On sci-fi? No. <laughs> it's too small a break to be on sci-fi. <laughs> no, wait. <laughs> Yeah, does that say 2011 or 2012? Hey, Martha made an appearance in this episode. Oh, yeah. I got a little heads up from Shooter. He he watched it like just a hair before I did, and he sent me a text, and he was like, Martha! <laughs> did oh, you see I it, Juan? Martha. No, where? It was when they were... Uh, when they found the, the thing that had been like chunked into the side the of the Astraeus. And it was Martha oh, yes, flying yes, around. Oh, yes, yes, I it. did see that, yes. <laughs> it's like... Martha <laughs> is awesome. Yeah. And they were using her as like the camera. Another uniquely Eureka kind of thing. Normally, you would have had the drone just be a one-off. And the drone would have shown up and disappeared. But in Eureka, 
it gets a name, and then she appears in future episodes as a character. Everything from holding the disco ball for... Uh, <laughs> for, uh, wasn't it... Oh, it was Fargo and that girl that he was. Yeah, just remember, Fargo pretty much is a slut. I think in in and uh, he said that at at uh, at Comic Con. Yeah, Grayson said you that. Can say no to being a man, home. Yeah, well, he kind of <laughs> is actually. Yellow. He gets around, man. I mean, and remember, he's over on Warehouse Thirteen. You know, hitting on. Uh, oh yeah, it's true. Wow. It's true. He gets. He just hooks up with everybody. Wow. The nerdy, That's, the nerdy white dude uh, always, appeal. Always, always works. Yeah. Always, yeah. That you just know, translates to hope. <laughs> <laughs> it's so funny because you know he's not like the the prototypical you know beefcake in it by any means, but he's <laughs> he's really appealing. I he's think. a geek beefcake. <laughs> yeah, he's a, but he's he's really appealing because like uh, basically how Holly. Um, you know, Felicia Day's character sees him. I can totally see that, you know, because he's a nice guy. He's smart. You know, he's got a lot. He's got a lot there. And I just think it'd be awesome. You know, you don't I look at they keep, they keep maturing his character. Yeah. It's, it's fantastic. Yeah. But I mean, you don't look at Fargo and be like, oh, he's hot, you know, but you get to know Fargo and you're like, this is the kind of person you want to be with. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. But you'd still want to stare at Zane's chest? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Well, there we go. (laughs) How could you not? Yeah. So, you know, I I really, I had not really considered when they were joking at Comic-Con about him hooking up with everybody. I didn't, I guess it didn't really strike me. Yeah, like, no, I don't think I really thought about it either. Think about it. (laughs) No, really. I mean, you put a little thought in and that guy is busy. You know, I mean, Zane may talk up a storm, but we've seen him, you know, hook up with one person. And, uh, well, he kind of, I don't know if he hooked up with Zoe or not. I never got, I never was sure if that yeah, was. Yeah, okay. So maybe two. Yeah, it's probably for, uh, for Carter's sanity that we haven't been told about that. Uh, cause if we heard about it, he would hear about it. And I think that might be bad for everybody. One with an asterisk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. right I, you nice. know, I got the sense, though, that they hadn't, that they were just kind of getting together when she went off to college, you know? I could see that. But yeah. I don't know. I could be wrong. I, yeah, I, I, I could see that. I, I'm with one. One asterisk. <laughs> <laughs> In Fargo, we're we're looking at two asterisk. And I haven't seen, I'm a little behind on Warehouse 13, so uh, it's possible that uh, it could be three. But uh, definitely... One has a, you Two. have a thing for Claudia, don't you? Everybody has a thing for Claudia. Are you kidding me? I don't watch Warehouse 13. Oh, I thought. Except one. Everybody except one. <laughs> <laughs> oh, And he you know just what? hasn't seen it yet. No. I just, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. Exactly. I just haven't seen it yet. Google it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. No, I guess now that I think about it, I think it was Default Prophet that was saying that he had a thing for, for Every, Claudia. Seriously, everybody does. Yeah. She is awesome. Man, I I wonder if we'll get another crossover episode. That'd be cool. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure that uh, that uh, Grayson makes an another appearance yeah, on. Uh, he yeah. may already have. I I I'm about two episodes behind. So I on think where I was thirteen. Not I, love I think the I show, saw that on Twitter. I've or just something. been kind of busy, you know, podcasting. But um, I, I had heard something like that. Yeah, that he I he was going. That it, 
over to that show. Yeah, but I don't think it's gone back the other way. So I don't think so. And and obviously there aren't going to be any more because they've already stopped production. Well, right. at least for now, anyway. We hope there will be more. But um, I think probably no more crossovers the other way. <laughs> we were <laughs> we were having this conversation on Twitter a few days ago with. Um, I think it was, well, it was me and Don AZ and a couple of people. We were talking about, um, you know, who was hotter, Micah or H.G. Wells. Micah. And yeah, yeah, it came down. Don was like, Micah for sure. And I'm like, I don't know. And I was looking around and stuff and I'm like, yeah, definitely. She's right. I mean, the it's accent Micah. is really hot. But um, after seeing, uh, and I feel so awful, I always forget her name. Uh, who plays Micah? Joanne Kelly. Joanne Kelly, of course. Yeah, yeah. She, I'm bad with names. Uh after seeing Joanne Kelly in person at Comic-Con, she's hotter. Yeah, she has the greatest smile. Like, there's something about her, like, her mouth. I just, her lips are, like, awesome. Yeah, she's cool. Yeah, I could totally see that. It's a tough call, though. That's, uh, yeah, that's not a decision. Well, it's, I guess, I guess that would be a great decision to have to, but, you know, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? It's still <laughs> difficult, nonetheless. <laughs> yeah one at some point when you when you get into warehouse 13 i have a feeling that that claudia would be your type well the the show's on the list it's just there's just yeah. so much to no, watch yeah, i'm not giving you crap i'm just <laughs> saying a good thing i'm just saying claudia's waiting for you man high class problem <laughs> <laughs> well i will check her out Uh-oh. if you know what i mean <laughs> well guys we should probably wrap up it is a little bit late it's like Five I, in the morning. I was so glad to see um, <laughs> uh, everybody on Twitter, you know, watching Eureka and you see all the get glue things. Also, um, check out Amy Berg's Twitter feed because she does a, a live tweet. There. She has a separate Twitter account and, uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll find it and, you know, stick get it, it out in to the form. Yeah, stick it in the form. But, um, you know, there's her, her normal Twitter account is Bergopolis. Right. And uh, that's the one I follow. That's the normal one. Yeah. And she has another one that's a live thing that um, basically. Oh, she live tweets during the show. Yeah. And and she does it at different times, too. And like tonight, um, I retweeted what I saw. It was like at 8 p.m. Pacific. So, um, you know, and I I think I get the sense that it goes on for a while, like not just the length of one show, but like over time. And she comments extensively on you know, the writing and what they were thinking about and what their intentions were for the episode and oh, all that nice. good stuff. So yeah, if you're interested in that, it, it you looks know. like it's at Amy Berg live. Good. Okay. Thank you so much. Yeah. B E R G by the way. Yeah. B E R G. So at Amy Berg live and, uh, and you can also follow the, um, Eureka writers, um, and some other people. So, you know, look, look at who I follow. You can see them all there. One. <laughs> uh, yeah, I got nothing. <laughs> I just, I just love the the show, and will continue to. <laughs> so I have a couple. I got of th- nothing. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's great. There's no. I mean, we've been talking for an hour. It's not like you know you haven't contributed <laughs> already. You're like, if I had something to say, I already said it. No, uh, a couple things to add here at the end. Number one is that 
Uh, we don't have any calls this week, but I wanted to say that we really do appreciate your your feedback, and, as do listeners. So, uh, you know, the the people who listen to the podcast love to hear everyone else's opinion too. So, if you have an opinion on the show or something you saw that we didn't, or something that you'd like to talk about that we didn't, be it in this show or any of the other past episodes, uh, go ahead and call it in. You know, uh, the number is in the outro as well, but it's easy two one four two nine six nine two two nine. I think hey, one. This is the first time we get to say one fix the uh the voicemail so that it has I'm, options I'm for everybody fixes tonight so yes they, there will be a, a line for uh for actually all of our podcasts so awesome listen to the new uh the new recording when you call in and it will give you instructions to leave a voicemail for inclusion in our show awesome awesome so there's that. And the other way, there are two other ways you can actually get involved. The The other one Throw is... Throw a rock through a window with a note attached to it, but I really would prefer not. Tomato cans and string? Exactly. Messenger pigeon? Yeah. The other way you can do it is to go to the forum at uh, galacticwatercore.com. You'll see the option under community. And you can... Uh, if, if you look under podcasts, you'll see the uh, Save Eureka podcast, and there's a thread in there for each podcast, and you can leave messages. Uh, there are a lot of cool people on the forum. There's always some fun discussion going on in there, and that's Sweet. another cool place to leave. The final one is that if you just have a quick comment and you'd like to do it quickly, if you go to the uh, podcast page on uh, uh, for for uh, – Save Eureka on Galactic Water Cooler, uh, you can leave comments on the individual podcast. So there are lots of ways to get involved. And uh, you have no excuse to not leave your feedback. So And we love it. <laughs> we so. want to hear it. We love hearing it. Awesome. Well, we'll be back and uh, we'll see you next week. From everyone here at Save Eureka and GWC, thanks for listening. If you'd like to watch Eureka or other fun shows with some of the friendliest people in geekdom, visit us at galacticwatercooler.com. We'd love to hear from you as well. If you have something to add to the show, give us a call at 214-296-9229. That's 214-296-9229. And follow the instructions there to leave us a message for inclusion in a future podcast. Financial support from listeners like you keep all GWC podcasts on the net each week. To find out how to donate, visit galacticwatercooler.com slash donate.